0: Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm glad there's always Jesus. Is this working? Well, it ain't working. <laughs> is this working? It's <laughs> always, let me try that again. There's always Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm am so grateful for that. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I, you know, the absolute truth is he never leaves us nor forsakes us. It doesn't matter where we are, what we're going through... ...whether it's on the mountain or whether it's in the valley. Amen. Whether it's in good times, bad times, makes no difference. Jesus is always present with us. Amen. Get the Lord a hand for that great truth. It's amazing that we as adults... Even we that have been walking with the Lord for quite some time, sometimes we just need that reminder. Amen? Amen. You remember when you was growing up and sometimes, you know, if, you, if you, you, you had a bad attitude or you had crossed the line, broke the rules, done something wrong, and mom and dad wanted to have the talk. You know? Maybe, you know, I... You, I don't know how it worked in your home, but, you know, sometimes they would wait until they calmed down a little. <laughs> you know, when you really crossed the line, you know, when you had really pushed them to a point, they needed a little cooling down time before they met with you. Amen. I tried to have that with my kids. I don't know how successful that was, amen. But, but, you know, we would do that. You know, sometimes the Lord just has to set us down, you know. Sometimes he just has to, you know, as they sung in that song, you know, the, the birds hush, they're singing, amen, at, at the sound of his voice. You ever had those moments where everything was just so quiet between you and the Lord? Amen. Whether it be in your closet or somewhere in the sanctuary of your home or uh, by a river bay, I don't care. Everybody ought to have a place, if not several places, that you just say, look, I, I need time with me and the Lord. Amen. I've always said when... You cut the cell phone off. You cut all the electronics off. And somewhere at some time you just excuse yourself from everything else in the world. Family and everything else. And just sit down with the Lord. Many, many times in the ministry, meeting with different folks and talking with different folks... That's all I could give them. Amen. You don't need me. You don't need mom and daddy. You just need time alone with the Lord. With no time limit. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. With no time limit. You see, most of us want to rush through such a critical moment. I got things to do, Lord got going to have to fast, quick, and in a hurry. Well, sometimes the Lord don't want to work that fast. He needs time. More importantly, you need time. And sometimes He just has to set us down, slow us down, quieten us down that He might speak to the heart. Amen. That He might get to the problem. Sometimes we need to what they call attitude adjustment. Amen. And sometimes the Lord have to set us down. Last night I had to be set down. Amen. You ever had those moments in time where everything you own tore up? <laughs> I'm getting some laughter. I mean everything you own. I even, and I, had to add, I even had to say, Lord, I'm sorry for making that statement. But I told a few folks when you own junk, all you got to do is work on it. I don't even like that saying. And I only shared it because I had to tell the Lord I'm sorry because I'm blessed. I have more than I deserve. So I had to have that set down moment last night. Because it had started wearing on me. You know, when you work on things and work on things and work on things, it starts to wear on you. Amen. This this is beyond my skill level. <laughs> This is beyond my ability. Amen. I had to call in the professionals for this. Amen. And the professionals, they ain't cheap most times. That's Brother Randy. He's just a good heart. Amen. He's just a good heart. But I was sitting in the cool of my home last night, repenting and thanking the Lord for all that I have. Amen. For all that I have. And apologizing for how I've been complaining. Amen. Which is part of the sermon today. I didn't know it then when I was preparing the sermon. But I got got a real close and personal look at it. After the Lord got done in the sit down last night. I want to share with you a verse that's not part of the sermon. We'll get to the sermon after I get done singing. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. You go home and say, "I preached a song today." This verse is found in in the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, and it goes along with what I've been saying. But oh, I, I've got something I'm getting ready to say that is going to ignite a lot of your hearts. The apostle in First Thessalonians was right into the church, and he's coming to the close of of his first letter unto a church that he loved dearly. The people in Thessalonica, if you understand anything, and you understand the, the, the written word, and you understand the apostles' letters, and let's just say by putting into example the letter that the apostle wrote to the Thessalonians versus those that he had to write to the Corinthians major difference. If you read the the two letters to the church in Corinth versus the two letters to the church in Thessalonica, very different. Very different. There's a lot of praise. There's a lot of good things happening in Thessalonica there's a lot of things that are happening that are happening the right way a lot of things being done the right way for the right reasons get a lord a hand we need more of that today amen we need more right things being done for the right reasons amen it's an election year Do i need to remind you did you need that reminder this morning It's an election year, and you know how it goes during election years. It's all about what? Change. Amen. We need changes. This policy and um, this position and this, that, and everything else needs changing. And as a nation, as a people, we're going through a lot of changing. But the thing that needs changing most is being ignored. Amen. Because the greatest change that needs to happen is the heart. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. The greatest thing that needs to change is the heart. What a different society and what a different world in which we would live if all hearts were changed. For the glory of God, if they operated out of a Christian's heart, if they operated out of a heart that had been born again, if they operated out of a heart that had been touched by the grace of God if they operated out of a heart that had been touched by the power and the resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then we would have change. Then we would have a different world in which to live. Amen? Oh, you didn't, you weren't loud enough. Amen? Because we're going to have that one day. Amen? His kingdom is coming. His kingdom is at hand. Amen. This world fails to realize that. This world fails to believe that. But his kingdom is coming. Amen. It's already at hand. It's already established. It's already being put together. But it's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. The king of kings and the Lord of lords is coming. Paul's closure to this letter to a church that he loved and a church in which he adored and a church in which he thought so much of. Not only because they were a church that were doing the right things for right reasons, but they were very, uh, very big part of Paul's ministry and, and supporting Paul. In his missionary journeys, they were a part of his life. You know, as Christians, as being the children of God, we are a part of one another. Amen. Now, I want you to let that soak in. Who? I didn't even come to preach this. There is a connection. There is a fellowship. There is a bond that exists inside the church that doesn't exist anywhere else. Amen? Amen. It doesn't exist anywhere else, because it is a, a bond and a fellowship that is centered and connected in union with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Stay with me the Bible makes it perfectly clear that we are family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. If I have a honest and sincere prayer for the church today, it is For that truth to become more evident and more apparent inside the house of God, there seems to be at times, and it's very, it's very concerning. And it's very hurtful. But there seems to be times in the church where that connection, that bond, that fellowship is not realized. It's more or less take it or leave it. Amen. That the value that God would place upon it himself. And the value certainly that the word of God places upon the connection and the fellowship and the bond of a church. Is not as realized as it ought to be inside the house of God. You're my brothers. You're my sisters in the Lord. Some of you are, and, and the Bible uses the term elders, some of you feel like that, that you raised me up here, and you know, I was 26 when I came, amen, and, and it was a big part of, of my growing experience without a doubt. I'm okay with that. I learned a lot. Sitting in the living rooms of many of the dear saints of God, that had gone through things, seen through things, experienced things that I've never seen or experienced. Amen. And I always took that very, very serious. I'd come home oftentimes and I'd talk to Carlene about it. It was a big part of my ministry and a big part of who you have to deal with today. You can appreciate the old saints before you. And certainly in the Word of God. We've been preaching on the church. And Eddie, I hope you're keeping up because I ain't sired a single verse that I've texted you this morning. But do the best you can, brother. But in First Thessalonians... And, and the fifth chapter, the apostle, the apostle. writing right these closing instructions for the church. And it just hit me this morning, me this morning. as I was sitting there and sitting there. I was looking around and, and, and some exciting news, which I, which I hadn't shared with you yet, but I'm getting ready to. It, it, you know, came across me this morning that I, that I've, I've known about for a while but couldn't share with you for a while. But, but nonetheless, it, it put me back in mind of these verses of scriptures and how important our bond and our fellowship is. We need one another. Amen? Say it with me. We need... You got to follow along. We're going to be here all day. We, we need, need one, another. one another. Hallelujah. Get the Lord a hand. That was the point that the apostle was stressing to the church in Thessalonica that, that they should never get over their importance and their need for one another. Though we may not be in contact every day, though we may not be involved with every little thing that's going on in each other's lives, we need one another. And that's why the Lord put the church together and the assembly together, and it's who the Lord's returning for. Amen. Jesus is coming back for us. Hallelujah. It's just a matter of time. Amen. He's coming back. To collect all that are, are that are his, Hallelujah! And I'm glad he knows. By the way, I'm glad he knows who is his. We're not so sure. Amen. It's more apparent, more evident in some lives than others. Amen. But but we're not accurate judges. Nor, and the scriptures certainly teach that. But he knows. Amen. And not one of his will be left behind. My not one of his will be left behind, brother. Amen. i get the Lord ahead. I'm going up. I'm going up. <laughs> and we're going up together. Amen. The dead in Christ are going to rise up first. We which are alive and remain going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And you want to talk about change? Ain't no politician make that promise. Amen. That's only the promise Jesus can make, amen. And I'm glad, I'm glad that he has made it, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians and in the 5th chapter, as the apostle is writing unto the church and his expression to them, from his heart, if you will, the things that is important to them, the things that is important for keeping it, for keeping the, the church functioning, we've been talking about the body of the church, but to keep the church functioning together in agreement as the body of Christ, as the body of Christ. We have to be, listen, we have to be in agreement. Amen. And when you think about having such a collective number of people, such, you know, the Bible even says we're many members, amen? And when you think about having many members, and and when you think about the world and society in which we live, you know, they can't decide anything anymore. Amen? They can't agree on anything. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, they can't agree on anything anymore. That's another sermon. I'm going to let that rest. But the church, the church has to function in agreement because what we agree on is so clear, so accurate, and so precise, and so written. Amen. One thing, Earl, one thing I know for sure, this don't need no change. Amen? This does not need to be rewritten. Amen? It just simply needs to be understood and followed. Amen? And so, when you think about the church and the church in agreement and the church functioning together, it's because... It's clearly written for us how we are to operate and how we are to function. Things that matter to us. Things that are valuable. Things that the Lord gave to us that that we are to observe and to follow. Amen? For example, the apostle writes, uh, I'm going to read first of all in verse 15, the apostle writes says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man. Amen. That ain't how you're supposed to live. Amen. It's how, it's how the world lives. You got men to we'll get you back. Amen. But it ain't how the church functions. That's not how the church is to operate. The apostle writing to them says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man. But every... Listen. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Now that's a mouthful and a whole other sermon. Amen. It's not, listen to me, it's not the easiest path in the world. When the word of God commands us, listen, to ever follow that which is good. Sometimes you and me don't want to follow that which is good. Let me put it in layman terms. Amen. We don't want to follow that which is good. Amen. My flesh is mad. I'm aggravated. I'm agitated. I'm upset. I'm losing sleep at night. Why do I got to follow good? Good wasn't given to me. They didn't treat me right. They didn't do what was right with me. But you see, the apostle writing to the church (laughs) has one denominator that sums it up for us all. And that one denominator, his name is Jesus. i got to close this up. His name is Jesus. Amen? And everybody that is a part of his church and every member that makes up the body of Christ has that one denominator, Jesus. Because we didn't become part of the family without Jesus. Amen. We can't be members without Jesus. And regardless of what everybody else is doing, regardless of whatever else has been done, Jesus has been good to us. Amen. And that can never be denied. Amen. Amen. Jesus has been good to us. And so the apostle can write to the church that it's important for the church to ever follow in pursuit of that which is good. Both among yourselves and to all men. Now, I didn't come to preach that. In fact, I didn't come to preach any of this, but that is another sermon. We may may expand on that because that's not an easy path. Then he says in verse 16... Rejoice evermore. Rejoice, Rejoice ever, ever more. Evermore. I, I'm, going I'm going to close on those two words. Rejoice, Rejoice ever more. Now, if I understand Revelation correctly. And I understand heaven correctly and I understand what the Word of God describes for our eternity in our Lord's Kingdom where there'll be no more sin, where there'll be no more sorrow, where there'll be no more death, where there'll be no more pain, where there'll be no more injustice, where there'll be no more crime, I understand that in that perfect, let me say that again, in that perfect environment called heaven, that our God has made and has in store for us. I understand rejoicing evermore, don't you? Amen. Be a lot of reasons, Earl, to rejoice evermore in heaven. Amen. Get a Lord a hand. Hallelujah. We're about done. You've been patient. I appreciate it, but we're about done. Marty, I understand all the causes, all the benefits, all the reasons to rejoice in heaven. But Paul's not writing. To a church that is inherited or in the presence of heaven. He's writing to a church that is still fighting persecution. Still going through this world's problems. Still encountering everything that hell and the grave has to throw at it. And Paul writes to that church, rejoice evermore. It's kind of ironic. Because I came today to preach on Romans chapter 8. And Romans chapter 8 talks about the groaning of this creation. And the apostle says, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. And now I'm preaching on rejoicing evermore. I really wanted to groan. Amen. We got any groaners in here? It's all right. You know, the Bible says we groan. You groan means to sigh, you know, to murmur, to complain. Amen. Amen. It's part of the creature and the creation. older I get, the more groaning I do. Amen. Bless Carlene's heart. That's another sermon. The Apostle says the importance and responsibility of the church today and the church then and the church forever is to rejoice ever more. If anyone, if anyone on the face of this earth has reason to rejoice, is the child of God. It's the Christian. I don't like what's going on no more than you like what's going on. I don't like what's happening any more than you like what's happening. We've gone through it together. We continue to go through it together. And we'll continue to praise and glorify our Lord together. Amen? Together. Together. If I broke that down, and I began to preach to you, reasons why we as a church have to rejoice presently, not just in eternity, but presently. The reasons why we have to rejoice, why we'd be here longer than you're probably going to be willing to stay. And I'm going to be preaching longer than I have wind to preach. So to make it skinny, And to sum it up, our greatest reason to rejoice is in Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a hand. Because all our other many blessings that we could list and mention and talk about and preach about, all stem because of Jesus Christ and all he's done for us. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord never ceases to amaze me. And the Lord never ceases to amaze you. I thought about about our beginning. beginning. As I look around this sanctuary, sanctuary, I see a lot of starting points. I see a lot of beginnings, some of which I was privileged to be a part of. Some of you come to know the Lord while I've been here. Some of you shared your testimony with you and uh, with me and got saved before I became pastor of New Hope Baptist Church, but nonetheless I look around this sanctuary and I see a lot of beginnings. I see a lot of starting points. Because every child of God had to have a beginning to their testimony, to their story, to their walk and to their journey with the Lord. And perhaps this Lord's Day will be be your starting point, your beginning. (laughs) Mine took place nearly 40 years ago. Nearly 40 years ago. And the biggest lie the devil told me is your life will be over. No more partying, no more friends, no more association, no more doing what you want to do, living the way you want to live. That was the, I don't know what lie the devil told you, but that was the biggest lie the devil told me. Your fun, boy, will be over. <laughs> I'm having a time of my life. Amen. Oh, I groan like everybody else I complain and murmur like that but I'm having the time of, time of my life devil's a lie and Jesus said so everybody had to have a starting point point. and the starting point wasn't pretty I'm going to take you to a dark place and then we're going to be done you know those commercials those those animal rescue commercials does anybody besides me have trouble watching those? I, I, I just—it I, just pains me, I, I, you know—to see to see how those animals have been abused. I'm an eye man. I've always been an eye man. Long carly can look me in the eye. I'm good, and she can't look me in the eye. I got a problem, and vice versa. But when I see those animals and you look in their eyes, you know, they always do. There's one or two that they always, they, uh, they appeal and I, I, get the, I get the cause. I get the need for support and financial support. But the sadness in their eyes. Sick. Diseased. You see, what many of us fail to realize is when we had our starting point, when the Lord rescued us, are you with me? We were that pitiful. We were that sick. We were filthy rags. We were full of the sores of sin and what they'd caused. And the Lord took us in anyway. The Lord died for us anyway. You see, some people think the Lord died for good people because they think themselves to be good when they're not. Jesus gave his life for sinners, which we all are. Sick, diseased, pathetic. And he loved us anyway. And the apostle says, Rejoice evermore. I'm going to ask them to come get an or song ready. I've I, I got, I got to do this. Y'all bear with me. i got to do this. I feel the spirit of the Lord dealing with, with, with somebody, and I don't want to put invitation off any longer. If you'll stand with me. Everyone standing as they prepare to come and sing invitational hymn. As a testimony. As a test listen, church. As a testimony to our Lord. How many of you are glad this morning, this Lord's day, to have a starting place in Jesus? Let Jesus know it. Amen. Let him know it. Let him know it. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord, I have a starting place. Wherever it was, don't matter where it was, wherever it was, whenever it was, there was a starting point when the grace of God reached down to you. And Jesus Christ became your Lord and Savior. Amen. What a glorious time. Well, get a Lord a hand. What a glorious day. And maybe today could be a starting point for somebody here, somebody maybe that's tuning in to our live broadcast. Again, the Bible says, this simple that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? I can't Curtis, it can't be that easy. It can't be that simple. You seriously? whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means you. That means me. Sing. Amen. Anybody want to call upon him? Sing.